<laughs> oh, and the day has dawned. <laughs> oh, is Hello. that the most overplayed tune in Ireland, do you think? Quite possibly. Quite possibly. <laughs> uh, Definitely the most overplayed tune on the West Coast of the United States. Hello, everyone. My name is Josh. Welcome once again to an episode of the Chan Ram Podcast. With me, as always, is my bearded co-host, Mr. Andy Fusco. That's me. And a special guest. We have a special guest today. We do. He's very special. Aaron, how the fuck do I pronounce your last name? McElwain. Aaron McElwain. Uh, speaking on this show on behalf of all RSPBA affiliations <laughs> and uh, his his home band, welcome to the show. Uh, it's very nice to have, once again, a bass drummer behind us. <laughs> Finally, we have a bass drummer. <laughs> Aaron, let me, disclaimer let me try to early on in this show is that I am not speaking on behalf of anybody but myself. <laughs> all opinions uh, are representative of everyone, everywhere, at all times. <laughs> but I, I, I do want to let everybody know that this is an explicit show of the Channel Rain Podcast, so you have five seconds of something else. That's five, four, three, two, one. Ah, you hey, fucking can't you? Uh, listeners can review the show on... Hey, turn off your YouTube audio. Oh, sorry, that's me. Yeah, th- yeah that's you. Come on now. How many times have we done this? <laughs> Dude, I'm trying to switch screens and shit, goddammit. Listeners can review the show on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Uh, you can send us emails, voicemails. We play it on air. We have an email for the first time in a million years and a voicemail. You can like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or if you're Australian, Snapchat. Please check out the Channerant store at channerant.com where we got cool fucking shit. And you can become a patron at patreon.com slash channerant. This is what brings you the show, are these dedicated patrons. Without them, um, we wouldn't be able to afford the blazing internet that (laughs) we were speaking about before the broadcast started. Last but not least, invite and share with your fucking friends. Fusco. Yes. Odd open. Fuck. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So you know what really... um Sticks a bass drum mallet. No, no, no. Let me start over. You know what really uh, puts a air tube right up my old bass drum uh, hole? <laughs> no, what's that? <laughs> when uh, you finally get a bass drummer on the show, and he's only barely made it into grade one, it's it's really disappointing. Um, I'd I'd much rather have somebody uh, really important. But you listen on the Channel Ranch show. You do what you got to do. I would say this. Do you know you know what makes the difference between a grade four bass drummer and a grade one bass drummer? What's that? Who's got a bigger truck <laughs> to carry all the do band's have, shit? Do you have a big bomb? <laughs> who's willing to drag shit around Who, who's, the country? Who's willing to also be quartermaster? <laughs> exactly. Hey, this guy's great. He's willing to house a bunch of kilts in the background. Uh, done. Grade one bass all drummer. Sold. All our uniforms collected in. <laughs> I'm about to say, that is the most pipe band uniforms and trophies I've ever seen in a sex dungeon in my life. This isn't the sex dungeon. Oh, we'll we'll tour that later. Yeah. The sex dungeon (laughs) is downstairs. That does explain the lack of light. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) But you're only allowed into the sex dungeon if you do a conga to it. (laughs) That can be arranged. So, so Aaron, uh, it's been a crazy couple fucking weeks. How was your uh, New Year, Christmas, all that, man? Hogmanay and all that. We don't do Hogmanay in Northern Ireland. Oh, you don't? It's not. A, it's not a thing. It's only a Scottish thing. Oh, okay. So yeah, um, basically we did feck all. 
And <laughs> that's pretty much it. The government said, do feck all. So uh, listeners of the Channel Rain podcast who also listen to the Big Grab Show podcast may recognize the sultry tones of Aaron from the incredibly popular drone weekly drone, weekly drone. Uh, session. Yeah. If if you're wondering who the voice of the guy is that complains about everything RSPBA, it is this guy right here. <laughs> and all of the opinions are his. It's, they're all his no opinions. He's, he's, he's definitely not reading other people's opinions. Uh, that's not how it works. <laughs> I, you're going to get me my membership. <laughs> so I do have to ask, man, uh, before we get into kind of some of the news update stuff, how the hell did this segment come along? Because it is probably one of my favorite segments on the Big Reb Show. Well, it came up as an idea one afternoon, um, just in the group chat, and we had a bunch of people were throwing in listener mail, um, and it was the usual suspects, uh, don't say my name or whatever. So we kind of came up with this idea, which was, if we read the stuff out, warts and all, and don't put names to it. Does that mean then that more people will actually air their view? Because, as we know, people have views and opinions on everything. And the pipe band world is very opinionated. Um, so, Whatever people could you mean? Yeah, yeah, people generally tend to have an opinion on something. And we, we all know each other's opinions. But nobody would ever go on the record and say it or ever bring it out there uh, for fear of any you know, consequences, be it from the association headquarters themselves, be it from their own band, because there is standards that you need to uphold. Um, you know, there's things that I will have a view on, but I have to be mindful of the fact that I'm representing my band every time. Mm-hmm. And I have to have the band's interests because, yeah, if, if it's my opinion on something, that's grand and, and if it harms me only. But if it's something that can then come back and harm the band or its reputation, I got to think about all the guys in the band too and it's it's hard it's hard balancing act but we we basically worked it together um and came up with the idea that people could just submit their stories in whatever way they want it's an opinion whether they people agree with it or not you know people can have their own opinions and, and make their voices heard and i don't know whenever i was doing the first one <laughs> recording it for some strange reason i just decided that some cheesy jazz lounge music was kind of appropriate <laughs> it was just purely accidental and it kind of just happened from there and it's kind of just went on and i was sort of maybe in the early days of it say early days it was only a few months ago we did it but that we would maybe change it up you know each week it would be different different background music but kind of the sort of lounge music jazzy feel has stuck so I think if we changed it now to something like you know, soft rock, people would go, it's not the weekly drum. It's not well, the weekly I, drum. I, I think, yeah, I think it's nice because it, you know, it softens the blow just a yeah. little bit. Absolutely. And there was plans that we were going to have different people reading, you know, and guests and all, but it just hasn't happened because, well, basically Rab's in charge and he just sends them to me to record every week. So I just do what I'm told. Yeah, it's just easier to get one guy to just do it. <laughs> just, yeah, well, and, you know, it, He's just doing what he's ordered, just like the Nazis. Absolutely. And that makes Reb Hitler. <laughs> he's not that bad. He's a very good boss. I just had to fuck with him because he's in the chat yeah. watching the live stream. Like all great leaders, 
he is very measured and balanced. So mm -hmm. although he maybe feels on his own internal that, yes, I totally agree with that, he always thinks about the bigger picture, which the rest of us kind of go, oh, sh screw that, let's just do it. And well, he's like, no. And this is this is something we could potentially get into more depth on uh, later in the episode, but I do think like there's a there's a structure there, right? There's a structure built, and one of the one of the many reasons we've harped on RSPBA specifically was because they're trying to build a structure that discourages uh, dissonance as much as it possibly can and be like, hey, like, yeah, you can you can tell me what you think about me, but I'll fuck your band for it. Correct. And that's, that's all associations. And that's an that. incredibly classic structure to any kind of organization that is oppressive. It's right? the old threat of I'm going to take your travel money. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but like in, in reality, in reality, what it should be is like, hey, you should be able to tell me what I'm fucking up so I could do a better job. And you telling me that I'm a cunt for reason A doesn't mean I'm going to like retaliate it's just like okay well either you're wrong and you're daft because i'm doing a great job or maybe there's something i could do better that's just the mentality that i think will eventually exist especially there has to be a balance though because people can have an opinion and rightly so everybody should be allowed to have their opinion should be able to voice that in whatever medium they want whether it be on facebook whether it be in private group chats with like-minded individuals, whether it be on on the Big Rab Show or the Chanterant podcast, for fear that their opinion is going to come back on them. Because the fine balance is, as long as you're giving an opinion and you're not being an ins you're not insulting somebody and you're not you're not saying something that's not true. You know, it's an opinion. You, you, there's a difference between giving an opinion and accusing people of doing something wrong without evidence. Right, Libel. and it's that fine balance, and I totally, totally against anybody that will go on on the internet and basically call people out and be very unprofessional about it. Because hey, 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 so, like, that's our whole, yeah, that's so our whole like, thing. We've man. done every episode. <laughs> well, there always has to be somebody, doesn't there? So, um, but you know, yeah, you can have you can have a fine line, um, but it has to be respected on all sides. And I fear sometimes that a lot of people in the pipe band world gurn about things but never want to do anything about it. They just want to gurn about it. They just want to have that moan constantly that this is not right and I think this is disgrace. Like, okay, go to a branch meeting for once in your life. I'll say, fuck to Vote save your own species. Change, try and change the rules, try and do things to make it better. Don't just stand on the outside, continue to do it. What is the point in saying, we hate this system, we don't like it, but we'll carry on coming every Saturday and then moaning when we don't get what we want. It's like, <laughs> well, what's the point of that? Let's just keep doing it. So, you know, at least go to a meeting. The platforms are there. Go yeah, to a meeting. I, have your say. Don't be annoyed to highly, say it. Highly encourage you to go to a meeting. Jump in the hot tub. Have a good time. Jump, yeah, jump in that. Jump in that headquarters hot tub and <laughs> and start fucking start start literally fucking I, the old bros' wives. No, no, you no. Can't say that. no, no. There is a stress a, a strong stay at home message in the United Kingdom right now. Stay oh. home. <laughs> yeah, stay home. Don't Check go to the NHS. hot tub. This is, but this is how they stay in power. The what if you're, what if you're like Fusco and you're in the hot tub, but your scuba mask and snorkel only covers your nose because you're performing cunnilingus on <laughs> some of the older ladies that are in said hot tub? I feel like you know that's that's scene safe right there. I don't. I think I don't think you can catch COVID from mouth to vagina contact. Well, it depends on who was in their vagina first. Well, I suppose that's true. Yeah. 
I mean, mm-hmm. if somebody else was there right before you went down. Yeah, I don't know. Aaron, what do you think? Can you I, catch I COVID just, from... I, I decline to comment on anything to do with them. <laughs> Anything to do with a, a, a woman's lady garden, it's not my area of expertise, unfortunately. Oh, wait, what are you trying to tell us? Oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, does, Aaron, does Aaron bat for the other team? Yeah, man, you didn't, you didn't know this. This is news to me. Oh, wait, suddenly I'm uncomfortable. Oh, wait, why? Sorry, why? I'm just why is there teams? <laughs> I don't know. We're all on the same team, right, Aaron? Aren't we all? Absolutely, in the totally yeah. all one team. However you, get your, however you get your rocks off, man. Yeah, I don't, what do I give a fuck? I don't give a shit about the. the I'm dealing with the goddamn the interactions. Rules. The interactions between consenting adults are not my issue. <laughs> we we got to deal with Trump and a goddamn revolt over here. Who 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 cares who's banging who? Like Jesus Christ. Uh, one of the things I want to know is how long until pipe band communities storm the RSPBA HQ? <laughs> <laughs> when are you guys gonna take that in, shit over? In fucking goat costumes and <laughs> go into that building and just stand there and take pictures. Like, hey, we took it over. <laughs> It would be a start if the pipe bands could storm their own branch meetings at any point and take part in them. Right. Well, this, and this like this is a recurring theme, and it's interesting. Don't be wrong; the whole the whole pandemic situation has been fucking horrific. But as we typically try to look for a silver lining, people do seem to give a shit more about their organizing bodies when it comes to pipe band associations like even even like internal band leadership i mean not for us nobody nobody wanted to fucking step up and do anything in the band that shall not be named no of course not. but like you know people are starting to say hey like motherfuckers i i don't put very much money in but i put a little bit in like what are you doing for me and i think it's if we're if we're going for a silver lining scenario it is starting to expose some of the uh just failings i think and may, well maybe not failings maybe just status quo stuff in these associations that wasn't that is no longer considered acceptable it's like yeah i understand that you just we do this because we've done it the same way for 50 years let's do better every but year it is it, it is time for change i mean change is good we can't carry on doing things the same way because we're not gonna you know participation isn't what it was 50 years ago. Right. You know, at a local contest in Northern Ireland during a normal summer, you know, the footfall is way down. And that's been brought up at a meeting and you're sort of there, if you're there as, as a member bands and you're there adding to the conversation because it's not up to one group of people to run and do everything and make every decision. It all has to come from the bands. And why is there a footfall? Why is it down? Well, we need to look at that. We don't need to just try and pick a reason and go, that's the reason, and there's nothing we can do about it. We need to actually look for a solution, really. Right, yeah. That's it's a, it's a lot likewise, of fucking old if people, man. problems <laughs> with the way that, that, that people, if people think that there's problems in the way that the RSPBA is actually being run and governed, well, they have every opportunity to go to their branch meetings and nominate somebody else. But nobody does. So we have the same people that have to carry on running the organization in the way that they feel they have to do it. And that's that's the decision. And there's no point standing on the outside going, you're doing it wrong. Go and change that. If you're not happy with it, either don't go near it <laughs> or go and try and change it. But change it in the proper way, democratically, openly. Don't take swipes at people on Facebook. That's not going to achieve anything. 
Well, two questions for you, Aaron. One, um, do you guys do you have a sense for why the footfall is down at all? I don't know. Personally, I mean, I have thought about this logically, specifically to my local competition. It's on the side of a hill because it's been on the side of a hill for for years. six years. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's a road, a main road, right up through the middle of this. And it's a main route to the major leisure center within the town. There's no parking facilities except abandoning cars and vans and whatever on, on like flower beds. Mm-hmm. Yep. And where you actually tune up versus where you actually play, you're walking out onto an open hillside. So the temperature changes. So there's not much space. The drum majors arena, it's like a snooker table. <laughs> I've competed in it many times. Yep, yep. It's always the fear when you get to the end of it that you're actually just going to slip and fall off the edge of it. And it's like very, very dicey. So it's like, let's have a look at better venues. But the big problem for the association and specifically our branch in Northern Ireland is that they're all bound by what the councils want. The so council, explain Yes, we're running out of space to, put, to hold things and... I suppose the council has to look at it from the point of view of, do we really want to give 25 grand to this organization to run a pipe band contest for an afternoon that nobody's going to go to? And that's my fear that we're actually going to not get them. We're not going to get the support from councils in the future. Whereas the idea is let's put it somewhere else. Let's put it on a bigger area. Let's bring in like trader villages. Let's bring in market stalls. Let's bring local traders in. Most importantly, let's put a beer tent in it because Absolutely. it's a very important thing. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a real big drinker. I'm very rarely drunk at a pipe band contest just because I'm always driving and focused on the task at hand. Bass drummer, but other, of course. But other people, but other people are, and Absolutely. it's a sociable thing. I mean, I don't think there's been many instances in the the past decade that I've noticed where people have been so drunk that they can't. They can't compete because they don't drink before it. They drink afterwards. They go and get a pint and they wander about, listen to bands, catch up with people, bit of banter. That's it. Whereas if there's no beer tent, it's like everybody just leaves the park and goes to the nearest pub. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like that's you. You don't even you can't even keep the people that are there for the event. <laughs> right. In the park. There's a couple we're thoughts. Offering, we're not offering anything. We're offering them to go and stand and listen to six bands playing. And um, the Highland Wedding, six <laughs> bands all playing the same thing over, and you're just like, I don't even want to listen to this. Right? It's not offering me anything. How the hell is it going to attract people from outside right. of the organisation? Yeah. So we need to try and diversify slightly, but still hold the traditional roots. So here, we need here, to make sure it's a pipe band contest at the end of the day. Here's something so that, that I that I thought was interesting is like when we were over there, we saw the Blood and Thunder stuff, right? And they would like do street parades through numerous towns all over Northern Ireland. And they would it was, like every weekend it was another event, but like people came out to stand on a, on the street and watch this in droves. And we only went to one, right? Was that, uh, yeah. Maybe one or two, but it was just, just cause it was interesting to see something different to us. But is there anything you can learn from, from that to draw people in or well, like that? Yeah. Okay. So a lot of pipe bands in Northern Ireland will be affiliated to the loyal orders. A lot of them would be, mm-hmm. um, or at least even if they're not as a band, they would have members in it that are affiliated to Loyal Orders. Um, I'm, you know, I'm aware of 
certain sort of members of Klaus Kelt or members of, of Loyal Orders. That's up to them. You know, no problems with that. Klaus Kelt has always prided itself on being very open. We don't really care who anybody's, you know, if you're a good piper or drummer and you're a good person and you're there to play good music and not be too controversial, why the hell they let me in? I mean, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that was the biggest mistake. But no. Um, so, yeah, you've got those parades that go on throughout the whole summer and they're very different but they mean an awful lot to the people that would follow them you know would be very much would be part of their culture and heritage sure and they wish to protect that but it's great sometimes when you're when you're watching the the 12th of july marches and you've you pipe bands in there but Pipe bands don't really seem to mix very well in it because we tend to play a lot slower. We don't want to walk that speed. Right, uh, yeah, true. But, but I, I don't even mean playing in their their parades necessarily, but can you learn something from the concept of the street march, which Australia and, and those kind of places do really well? Um, just don't seem to do it. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know the answer. I don't understand. I mean, I enjoy going to a contest in Northern Ireland. And playing and doing that all day but i i do like a good contest where there's a street parade afterwards so the likes of the one in port rush that you would yeah, have that been was at. phenomenal uh, <laughs> yeah it was so much fun whenever we have um whenever there's a contest in newcastle um there's always a street parade sort of comes down and then walks along the promenade in my own hometown of bangor there was always a street parade and as a child whenever i wasn't in pipe bands i mean i went to you know grandparents took me down for the day and I'm standing there amazed by these weird instruments that make weird noises but it's musical mm. and because obviously my passion is music it, it sort of hits me and it's it's that how do you describe it how do you describe to somebody who doesn't really know about pipe bands and doesn't like pipe bands what buzz we all get when we hear a grade one medley being played at the world's I mean it's, there's nothing like it it's just quality and you just it just hits you and as long as you always hear it and it hits you that way you go they could win that today because that's just great you just know in your own head mm -hmm. that was phenomenal mm -hmm. how do you explain that to somebody who doesn't really know anything about it and it's something that i struggle with i have friends of mine who know all about pipe bands and they, they know i'm all into it but they've never been to one they've never seen it they just go nah just the noise of it makes me cringe and I'm thinking are you basing that on hearing a band that's never learned how to tune ever because <laughs> they do chances exist. are that's where yeah. they've heard it yeah can you imagine that over here though like imagine oh, it's, it's like huge. times a hundred yeah it's like oh go to a pipe band contest oh it's fucking awful nobody wants to listen to that like I agree mostly until you've heard somebody good and that's the I think that's the crux of where we started was just learn to fucking play, motherfucker. Just learn to play, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you'll get other people into this fucking thing. Like I remember, <laughs> there, there's a stark contrast to this. And I, I don't know if I, I've told part of this story, but I don't know if I've told the full story before on the show. Uh, Fireman Bill, yeah, good friend, uh, great, you know, great solid player in the uh, G4 band for the band that shall not be named, and. He told me the story one time of us both playing at city council. Him and you. Him and me. Yeah, okay. So what happened was we were doing 
as part of as part of the the nonprofit that I do the games through the Las Vegas Celtic Society. Like we were doing this tart, Tartan Day proclamation. We're like, hey, let's get a Tartan Day proclamation from city council, from the mayor, and then let's uh, you know like use that as an opportunity to promote the games to people who otherwise may not know what what the fuck is going on. And so I was there to play pipes, not not as a representative, not as a speaking person, like just just like hey, like we'll have our ED play some pipes, just to kind of add some juge to the situation. And then they also had the city fire people play. <laughs> and it was, I think it was like four pipes, a snare, maybe a bass. And keep in mind, like I'm, I still consider myself pretty intermediate. The contrast was stark. Let's just put it that way. There was a stark contrast in sound. And Bill told me later that he was actually there playing that day. <laughs> And and he had met me before I kind of knew, knew him. Knew who he was. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I like, heard that. And like he was, he was like, yeah, like, what? I was just like, fuck, guys, like, what are we doing here? And it, you know, I, I think that he wanted to become a pipe band player because he was like, holy shit, this should not be a clusterfuck. And that's not disparaging that band. There's a couple people that are great players in that band. Well, good. But I think it's just a commitment to, it's a commitment to like the little details. Yeah, you can play fast as all you want. You can know a lot of tunes all you want. It's a commitment to the little things like just having some tone and like not having it be a thing that is incredibly difficult to do for you. Where it's just like, hey, I'm freaking the fuck out because I got air coming out of every fucking hole and every seam and, and every holes. joint, and <laughs> I've got Teflon on my fucking drums. <laughs> like, yeah, I've made a my philosophy from making a living at what I do is tone above all things. Um, I don't listen. I started playing, playing pipes when I was 25 years old. I'm never going to be Stuart little. I'm never going to be anybody even close to that. Not even close. Look at, Hey, but, look at me. But, I'm 30. I'm never going to be an Andy Fusco. Do you imagine how crushing well, that is could, to me? You could, if you <laughs> fucking put some goddamn effort into it. But, uh, but you know what I can do is everybody can produce good tone because it's not difficult. Not that it's not difficult. It just takes a little bit of work. It's not that your fingers aren't young enough to pull it off. It's not that. It you just that's not where tone to, comes from. No, and you can make somebody's funeral day. You can make somebody's wedding day. You can make somebody's happy birthday day. You can make their day by having a very good bagpipe sound and get that effect that Aaron was talking about, where like you can get the the hair standing up on their arms or whatever it is. Yeah, a little bit of goosies. Because of the good sound. It has nothing to do with your ability to play a fucking reel at 100 beats a minute or whatever the fuck. It's all in the sound, and everybody can do that. And I try to encourage my students and anybody that – because I deal with a lot of adult students. Like, you can do that, and you can get satisfaction out of the out of that by being a, a well, good tone can, player. And, and you can – you can perpetuate you can perpetuate a feeling among the general public that this is a that thing that they want to listen that they, to that is good and I want to listen to absolutely but i mean it's really it's really all or nothing it's a pass fail like you if you're if you play and it sounds like you're drowning a cat or you're you know you're playing and it sounds horrible cuz you have fucking flamethrowers attached or you're on a <laughs> unicycle or some shit like there's no getting past that but you also have the other side where, I mean, you could play with good tuning, good tone, steady blowing, a rendition of any tune, 
simple march, fucking no embellishments, grace notes only, and it'll be good, and people will fucking get a little bit of that chill. Correct. And that's what you want, because that will make them, that'll, that's, that'll that, turn them on to the instrument. Not that's how harmony on. works. That's how that's how consonance works instead of dissonance. Like, you get that hum of everything together, and people will be like, oh, fuck, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Hit right. a big chord on a piano, you get the same fucking thing. Go to a rock concert, hit a power chord on a guitar that's tuned up to 11, <laughs> you get the same fucking yeah. thing. I think that's, I mean, to a certain certain effect, that's what Aaron's talking about, is that it's like that magic moment. Like, how do you how do you turn the general public onto that magic moment? Basic training. Yeah. I think, I think the, in my opinion, and I'm open to debate on this, and I'm very open to being wrong, as I typically am on this show. <laughs> and somebody will... Find I'm a way always, to prove it. I'm always I'm always wrong, <laughs> so I'm not worried about that. Many people will write to us and prove that Josh is wrong. But like, <laughs> and if and if and as much as I hate to fucking once again plug the dojo, like it is, it's it's less about having some kind of a natural innate musical ability, in my opinion, and it's more about learning the procedure to achieve tone. Correct. Absolutely. Like it's it's the same. If you learn the same steps. And you just repeat, you rinse and repeat that process all the time. Mm-hmm. It becomes muscle memory, and muscle memory is way more important than like some person that can like, oh, I just figured it out the first try. Look at me, I'm I'm the David Copperfield of bagpipes. Like, no, yeah. that's not how it works. Like, good luck with magic. Good luck with repeating magic. Yeah, you can't repeat. <laughs> you can't repeat luck. You can't repeat magic. And people tend to think on this as like a ten to twelve times they're going to play during a year spectrum instead of like a no. Think about it like. 7 million times you're going to do this over your lifetime just get the muscle memory right because sometimes you're going to be tired sometimes you're going to be drunk especially if you're me sometimes you're going to have outside forces beyond your control that you just got to fucking deal with hot cold altitude uh, a dog chat on your case I don't know like whatever (laughs) but no matter no matter what the outside variables are you have certain things you can do that are not variables. Absolutely. Here's so, a, here, speaking of which, uh, go to chandran.com slash suck less. Yeah. And that knocks that off my show notes. There Look at go. me go. <laughs> speaking of show notes, should, should we, we've got to get back to those. Yeah, yeah. So we got some news and updates. We haven't even hit the topic yet, and Aaron has totally hit the topic. So, so I have some. Uh, well, I saved some because I had some. Uh, I haven't listened to JD's email. I think that's just a recap of an episode. So we can start with that, and then I think we should get into Aaron's email because I think that uh, Aaron that Aaron emailed us, and this is a different Aaron. Uh, so many, so many vowels. Still, two dumb spellings of a name. There's, I know. There's numerous, so many, three or four variations of Aaron that I but know. First, first, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off. This is a voicemail we got from JD, and I believe it's about the Graham episode. It's about the Graham episode, but it's good. It's a good one. What's up, Josh and Andy? It's your boy, JD Ingra Hammonam here. Um, so I'm just catching up on some of the holiday episodes. Listen to your episode with Graham. Good times. Graham sounds like a hoot. Um, a hoot is a southern term for somebody who is quite entertaining and funny. <clears throat> Anyways, um, hope you guys had a great holiday break. Hope you got that package in the mail I sent you and thoroughly enjoyed it. Congrats on a well-played MSR in the Joe Brady contest. 
Um, I was listening to the episode with Graham there, and an analogy came to mind, not to rehash old subjects, but thought you guys might appreciate it. I feel like pipe bands in North America were all on these little boats, and all of them have holes in the bottom, and we're all just sitting there bailing out, trying to keep our little boat afloat. And uh, when, when a situation comes up where you can improve yourself, you have to leave your boat for a minute. And, and so I think what happened in 2016 was Andy left the, the Vegas boat just for a couple weeks so that he could go get a bigger bucket or whatever, improve himself, improve, get a, get a bilge pump. Um, the risk there is always when you come back to your boat, will it have sunk? And it sounds like uh, there was some damage done and uh, you guys uh, have spent some time repairing the damage that was done. However, the question would be, was it worth it for, for Andy's improvement, for his bilge pump or bigger bucket or whatever you want to c consider in the analogy? And it sounds like Andy said he, it was. Um, and I know, you know, we've been in similar situations in the past. We actually had a season where one of our drummers had a similar opportunity to compete with a higher grade band. That actually lasted a whole season. And so we were in a situation where we couldn't compete several times throughout the year, not just our home games. Um, and so him not being there helping us bail out our little boat might have done more damage than just missing one contest. But like, was it worth it? It's an interesting thought. So here's to uh, everybody having success bailing out their little boats after this shitty year we've had in our, uh, in our little pipe band world. Anyways, cheers, guys. All right, so that was a really good uh, analogy from JD. I don't I think know. So. Yeah, he's a very smart man. Yeah, very smart man. So, <laughs> Aaron, what do you think about that? Okay, so I will confess, I have no idea what he was talking about. So okay. you need to elaborate. That's fair. So what he's referring to is an episode previous where, oh boy, this is how do we sum this up? Uh, so previous on, on a. <laughs> Last time on well, Chanarant. <laughs> about a month ago, because it still has... Wait, that episode just came out. But uh, Last time on Chanarant, um, we had happened? the Squashing the Beef episode, yeah. where uh, we had Graham on, who's a member of our band, the band that shall not be named, and he, we squashed the beef between him and Fusco, because they had years where they did not talk, and Graham was pissed off because Fusco basically went to go play the Virginia military tattoo and the same week that the band was scheduled to host the Vegas games. Vegas games, correct. Second cool. year. Correct. And Did I sum that up pretty well? Yeah, that's pretty well. So I, I was gone, and I set up people to take charge while I was gone. And it went I was not poor, among and it went poor. I was not well, you weren't in the people. band yeah. at the <laughs> time. Was, no, no. I was, you weren't in the, I was doing the games. You were doing the games. So we had a couple people in charge of – taking over while I was gone. And the in the basic fight was argument was that I abandoned the band at a time that was really important and but for the intention of to improve my personal skills in some way, shape or form. By per performing in a um Rabbi said ring the bell. A tattoo the bell. basically. So that was the idea. And that's what he's talking about. So his his so what um J D is talking so what about you're is, telling me is is that you were running the band and then when the band had to be out at a very very important time at their local games correct. you decided to feck off and do something else I accurate all with correct. the intention of coming back to the band 
even better than when you left it. Accurate. Well, it was. I don't know if I would say that was my thought process, but I wanted to take advantage of a personal opportunity that was afforded to me at the same right. time that a that the local home games where we were hosting was happening at the same time. So I was afforded an opportunity at the same time that a responsibility was given to me. So that is one of those difficult gray areas, which is right, which is wrong. Put it like this. I was in a 4B band, which was Port of Ogie, was asked by uh, their leading drummer, Winston, to come and help him uh, take over the bass and look after his midsection, uh, which I did. Did a whole season with them. We went. We actually went and won the worlds. Woo! And just after that, then I got approached by a Grade One band, who said they wanted me to come and join them. And that's a big opportunity because you've only played in Grade Four B, mm-hmm. but somebody who's in a Grade One band comes and says, "We want you to come and be our bass drummer." So I told the lead drummer of the Grade One band, "Can you let me think about it?" <laughs> <laughs> because my main problem at that point was I needed to make sure that if I was going to leave Port of Ogie that I wasn't leaving them in the lurch because the last thing I wanted to do was for me to leave and them not have a bass drummer and basically be thanks very much for giving me the invite to come down here spending a whole year with you is getting all involved and and getting to win an All-Ireland medal an Ulster medal and a World's medal all in my first year with them to then say, now I've got a better offer, cheerio. So it was very, very, I was conflicted. Mm-hmm. But what made it a lot easier for me was when I spoke to Winston about it. And he said, wait, wait, I'm wait. Never- Winston who? Winston Murdoch. Oh, that son of a bitch. That guy keeps popping up, doesn't he? <laughs> go ahead. So go ahead. to be fair to Winston, his words to me were, I will not stand in your way. He says, and if you've got the opportunity to go and play in grade one, he says, I am only pleased that I was able to get you some way towards that. So it's something, I mean, I've never forgotten it. And I mean, I don't speak to Winston much now, just we've, we're in different circles, et cetera, and different parts in life now. Um, and he's tied up in your basement. And he's tied up in your basement. So that makes it hard. Well, that, that, that's not for here. I'll never, <laughs> I'll never forget the last thing he said. <laughs> but I mean, he did. He, he encouraged me to go for it, and then I was worried that the pipe major was going to feel that I had just abandoned the band. But again, he gave me his encouragement. Yeah, well done. And they were more pleased that I got the call up to a grade one band. Now, it didn't really work out in the end because the grade one band didn't get out and actually just folded instead. So maybe that was my fault. <laughs> maybe they got me and I just went, "No, I've had enough, cheerio." But <laughs> I kind of drifted for a year in no man's land with with no. With no band, really. Wait, is that uh, what happened to Dalco? <laughs> and then I got um, got an invite. Davy Chesney gave me a ring one day and said, um, I'd like you to come to Klaus Kelp. So that's what I did. And I have been there since December 2016. And I have no plans on going anywhere. Right. I'm very excited I mean, to one day retire and be the worst bagpiper in Klaus Kelp. <laughs> Uh, the one, the one guy that never made it into an actual. I'll contest. be, I'll be, I'll be carrying. He practiced uh, a lot, but he never made it to a contest. I'll be carrying a lot of water bottles. <laughs> one thing that's been really good for me along the way, and it was possibly uh, Andy about the way you know you're, you're, you're given an opportunity 
mm-hmm. and you have to seize it while it's there. Because I started off in pipe bands in 2012. So I'm I'm quite late to the party here. Um, I was in an accordion band, a marching in one of those marching bands that you're talking about <laughs> that goes out and walks the streets. Picks. Yeah. Picks or it didn't I happen. A, I was in one of those and it was accordions. Um, not even flutes, it was accordions. And I was in that for 20 years. Wow. So my entire summertime was based on that. Then I joined, uh, I wanted to be a drum major. That was what I wanted to do. So in 2011, I started really taking bigger interest in it. And then my local band at the time in Bangor was Cotton Pipe Band um, in grade two. So my way into the band was to become a tenor drummer. Um, <laughs> so it was my way so, in. <laughs> no, no problems. I was, yeah, I but was no, he, he, be, he became a tenor drummer you came in a tenor drummer that's two different, <laughs> two things. different things sorry two yeah well i'll things. say i'll say this for anything i became a tenor drummer's playing a bit loose with that description there i may have had held tenor sticks and i may have walked out with a tenor drum and pretended that i knew what i was doing but i hadn't a clue i wasn't a good tenor drummer <laughs> and after two years cotton just we, we were not able to feel the band just people had moved on to different bands uh the, the normal story you know, we, we lost membership and it was just going to be impossible. So again, that was two or three years of no man's land, but I just carried on being a drum major and I wasn't even that good at that, but I just did it anyway, because you have to have some sort of, you have to have some sort of appreciation for doing something and just being involved. There always has to be somebody that comes last. And that was me. I came last at every contest, but I didn't care. I didn't care. I was trying to get better, but I was up against, people in my grade for for senior drum majors they'd all done it from the start when they were youngsters bar one or two obviously but most of them had come from they were kids right up i'd sort of been doing this for about 10 minutes <laughs> you know what i mean so <laughs> you gotta do you gotta do what i used to do back in the day uh you know in my early 20s in contests and you just show the kids who've been doing it since they were 10 like just quickly show them boobs and they'll They'll just go off. Yeah, and... they'll fail. <laughs> so it ruined me for fucking 20 years. Well, do you know what I mean? I learned a lot at Cotton. That was my introduction to pipe bands. I learned what a Strathspey was. I learned what an MSR was. You had some sort of appreciation. You started to understand what competitions were like. And then had nothing for a while. Then with Port of Ogie, you I got to see the world of pipe bands from from grade 4b which is very different to what it is maybe in grade one there's a whole different approach to it oh, yeah. so that was great and then obviously getting into class kelt in grade two you know the one thing i'll say is class kelt i just can't i can't understand how the pipers in our band how some of them are just so good i just i just can't understand how somebody can play music and because say it's the only pipe band obviously that i'm around that i'm seeing this up close and personal i'm there but it's like how do you do this how do you make this sound how do you play that so well mm-hmm. and then obviously being a bass drummer i'm in the middle so i'm seeing the back end of the band i'm seeing all the pipers and i'm trying to sort of be this entity in the middle trying to keep it all together and it's hard work sometimes i mean don't get me wrong, I don't think any bass drummer has it easy. But when you have a really strong pipe core and you have a decent drum core at the back doing their, their job, 
trying to put it together you know it's never ever for the want of trying that we we will go and we try to give it our best every time and what i find in the last few years is that i've learned a hell of a lot more about pipe bands and about pipes in general because i've got some of the the, the best pipers beside me and they're talking to you and teaching you stuff along the way and you're learning the stuff so it's good crack but if i had never made the move originally I would never have got to that. So you kind of have to take the opportunities when they're given to you. You know, somebody always said to me, there's no loyalty in pipe bands these days. You know, somebody's playing with a band one week and then next week they just moved a new one and that's them forever. And I don't know, I've, I have no desire to leave Klaus Kelt. And as long as Klaus Kelt is happy with my playing ability and having me in the band, that's where I want to be. So I was... I would argue on the no loyalty in pipe bands thing because the thing the thing that I think people tend to get confused is they talk about no loyalty in pipe bands because individual players move around or potentially play up because they don't have the resources to play to their natural ability where they are uh, or their trained ability where they are. I think that while I agree there's no loyalty in pipe bands, it's a it's because it's top down in my mind. Like I think a lot of individual players are pretty loyal to their band. I think that you have bands that aren't loyal to their players. And when you have a band that is not loyal to its players, it's not, it's not accepting the opportunities those players are given, or it's not accepting the life changes and things those players are going through. Like, I think that's a very important thing that doesn't really get talked about is, Hey, a two-way street like i will show up on shitty fucking parades at six o'clock in the morning in a hundred degree heat like no worries like i'll do that but you also have to have the flip side of that where it's like hey i get the chance to do this thing or hey my kid's sick or hey like i have a job opportunity i can't make it to practice like it's got to be a balance it's got to be a relationship and i think that that is less so here because people just you know People here are so independent in the states about like, uh, well, it's my fucking time, and I got bigger problems than playing bagpipes. I think probably more so where you're at, it becomes an issue because you're like, I can't believe that person went to a different band that's ten minutes away from our band, and it's like, fuck, dude, like they had to do something. You have to move. You have to get up. Well, that's it. And I mean, if you're in a lower graded band, and you have, you've worked and you, you know you're learning and you're, you're working your way up there comes a point whenever you feel naturally ready to make the step up to a higher grade for new challenges to your own plan and that to me always has to be supported and i mean it must be a shitty thing for anybody that runs a grade 4b or a grade 4a band and they nurture a child from the start <laughs> and teach them the Nurture a child, yes, you know it what sucks, I mean. But they, it they, sucks they to take, push the push the baby bird out of the nest, but it's got to fucking they, fly. They, they like, take a young, young, a young person, and they they put so much effort into teaching them one on one and working with them, and they do that, and they they are a great player and an asset to their band, and that goes on for so many uh, seasons, and then all of a sudden you start thinking, well, they're now at a level above where this band is sitting at. And they're then wanting to stretch their wings and move and progress on to the next level. And the people in those bands must feel like, oh, we can't we can't hold on. People get good enough to be in this band and, and play for us. And then all of a sudden they go off to the top. 
you have to do it in stages, obviously, but I would never hold anybody back. But it must feel really crap at the time trying to keep a, a lower graded band going. And you're constantly at a level where you go, right, we're grand. Everything's great. But by the end of this season, you may have lost a few players because they've moved up to another band. So you're having to then start looking at the next generation of players coming in. And it's a constant cycle. Whereas maybe it's sometimes a wee bit easier that the higher graded bands, because all the hard work of years of practice, they've got to a level. They're competent in the grade and and their, you know, their reputation's there and, and they join the band and, and then they can hold their place. But one thing that I've always said to people who don't really know how the bands, bands work, but, you know, are around pipe bands, but they don't really look at the internal workings of a pipe band. And they always sort of think, it's not really, really unfair that they've left. And I'm going, yeah, but they were ready to move. And we have to, we have to give them the encouragement. Off you go. You're ready to do it. But, you know, regardless whether we like it or not, we're all still friends at the end of it. Well, and I, I don't think... think anybody that's ever left any band that I've been in, I've ever went, oh, you left us. I'm not speaking to you now. I've never been like that. Well, and it's kind of the plight, especially... So in my opinion, it's the it's the plight of a lower grade band where if you do everything right, if you nail your job, you have recruited a person who wants to learn pipes. You have trained a person who wants to play pipes. You have gotten them to a competitive level and then they go, they leave. They go to a higher grade. Like, so it's one of those things where it's like, assuming you do everything right, you lose a player. Mm-hmm. But if I think you, really if you don't if you don't do everything right, you might keep a player that just you know is going to be a yeah. student for life. So it's one of those things where it, it's a double edged sword. It's like, yeah, I want you to join my band. I want you to develop the skills you need to be proficient at this instrument. And if I do my job correctly, you're going to leave my band to go play with a different band. Yeah, but if you think back to my time in Port of Ogie, you know. Somebody recognized Gentlemen. that I was some somebody recognized that I was ready to move up, whether I believed it or not. They 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 wanted me to join their grade one band. And, this, is and a, drummer. this is this is a bit that I think I think that you definitely need to chime in on. Fosco. Oh, I'm in. So <laughs> so the point the point that I was just talking about was because we're talking about like people moving between bands, loyalty to bands, all that kind of stuff. The point that I was making was if you're a lower level band, grade four for us, grade four B, if you're in the UK, mm-hmm. you're working your dick off to recruit and train players. And if you do your job well enough, the the best case scenario is they leave you to go play with a better band. Correct. <laughs> so, <laughs> and if you're not doing your job well, you get a band, you get members that stay, but don't progress. But they're shit. Yeah, it's not even that they're shit. It's just they're not moving. They're always they're they're stuck in second gear. They're never gonna go up or down. Yeah, that is the great conundrum. It's, it's the se- it's the sh- fucking the fucking thing that fucks you in the lower grades. Whereas if you're in like like nobody nobody joins Inverary as a new player. No, like that's not how it works. When you get to a higher grade, you don't have to worry about that. No, and nobody joined Klaus Kelt in the three yeah, years. Nobody's that nobody's, nobody's a nobody's a grade two but, student player in in Klaus Kelt. Like that's not how it works. So you have a lot, and this is this is another thing that fucking pisses me off because you get higher grade bands 
that occasionally will just kind of shit on lower grade bands, not realizing that the lower grade bands are where your fucking players are coming from. Like yeah, the dickhead, I, the dickhead that didn't know how to play Scott and the Brave, learned it. He didn't learn it in a grade one band. No, not at all. But here's the thing, and this goes back to we start. We were talking earlier about like footfall and failure, and, and and you know as you put it, that people will have an opinion. That there's that there's failures as an organization, a movement in general. I don't think that we are promoting enough of the lower grades. You know, if you're if you come out into pipe bands and you're in grade four A, the world's is the biggest day in your calendar, and you're so nervous because you have to play this MSR, and you know you're 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 green, you're young, and it's you're going to give it your all, and you're going to do a bloody good job of it. But there's no exposure, there's no videos, there's no live stream, there's no drone chorus, there's nothing. Nobody even realizes you won it. I mean, I struggle to find Portavogies winning. There's one video of Portavogies winning performance at the Worlds from 2015. That's it. I used to have this conversation while negotiating contracts with a bagpiper who shall not be named to do things for the event, and it was like, uh, like, yeah, like you can be like the. And I ha- finally had to have, have the talk where I was like, you can be the greatest and most famous bagpiper in the entire world. And nobody fucking cares. Like, yeah. does that mean you're gonna hire the guy that does flames out of his bagpipes because he gets more YouTube views? No, well, no, just on personal principle. But I won't always have my job. Eventually, someone else will. But would they? Would <laughs> like, they do that? Possibly, absolutely. In this yeah. town, absolutely. Yeah, it would not. It would not shock me if I was at the 50th Highland Games and I saw someone with fucking flames shooting out of their bagpipes. Well, here's an interesting question that Aaron brings up. So, uh, what was the name of your band again? Balavugi. Port of But what about that Malaysian band that won a year or two ago? Was God, it a year ago? Fucking now? good. You can't get you can't go anywhere that year without them being all over the internet, right? So is there some but sort of like in the year in twenty fifteen they were there. They were there at the, the Worlds in twenty fifteen when we were there because I remember being down in Kelvin Grove Park on the Thursday to watch some of the grade one bands right. rehearsing. Mm-hmm. And Sri Das Mesh were there, you know, as a band and and instantly, you know, they're, they're, they're Sikhs. So, you know, instantly they they are different because they're they're from a different part of the world. Right. In the same way that whenever I go to the Worlds and I see the um, the band from Africa was up, the, the, the young boys. Um, yeah, I remember, yeah. Whatever, I can't, I'm, apologies, I can't remember their names. But it was like, this is so different. And then there was also some bands from, North America, there were like sort of school bands, and and you could see by the way their uniforms were, they were different, yep. and and you start seeing these differences. But you couldn't go anywhere without seeing Street Ash Mesh in 2015. We I've got pictures when we won the world. They were literally the first people to run over to our band when we won the worlds. I have pictures with us with the world's cup, um, because it's only a, it's like a rose bowl is what you get for four B winning the worlds, and there's pictures of us all with them. And I've always thought this is great because they also play a good tune. <laughs> you don't look at it and go, oh, they're not going to have a clue. It's not this, oh, it's it's a, it's a British thing. You know, this is, it's a worldwide thing. And this is one thing that's most important about the promotion of pipe bands is it's a worldwide thing. It's not just Scotland. Right. It has expanded across the, the world. 
much more than the the, the process of maybe marching bands in, in, in Northern Ireland that parade on the, the 12th of July. Now there is obviously loyal orders around the world and they all, you know, sort of feed to that. But you could probably speak to anybody in the world and they know what a bagpipe is. Mm-hmm. And they think Scotland. Correct. And I mean, it's been stereotyped on everything in The Simpsons, on Friends. You know, your family's half Scottish, isn't it, Chandler? Yeah. So that's why I'm going to play this really, really badly at your wedding. But I didn't see anybody having a marching flute band on any of those programs. True. That's true. So we have to maybe look at it from an organization. Where do we take this thing forward is we need to promote it more. We need to sell it more. And we need to sort of look after the lower grades. I, I just find we get an awful lot of criticism for treating the lower graded bands badly. And I, I've seen it. It's come into the Rab show many times that, you know, we don't do enough for the lower graded bands. It's all about grade one. It's not always because we do plenty of stuff. I know that Rab always puts a big effort into doing lower grade bands. Rab does. And Rab drum does. majors. Rab definitely does, but the culture as a whole doesn't. But the BBC only streams grade one. Sure. And the world's program that's on, on BBC Scotland um, a week or so after it focuses on grade one. That's it. Grade one and the kids, and the kids are fucking almost grade no, one. <laughs> kids aren't mentioned now. Kids aren't mentioned. The junior bands gets promoted. Aren't they produced nope. now the last couple of years? Nope. I would, I would interject, Juveniles are not live streamed anymore. Oh, okay. I would interject that you have a, especially specifically when it comes to uh, media coverage and culture around the world. You can't wait for someone else to do it for you. Like, you, yeah, the BBC's not going to film you if you're grade 3B or 4B or 4A. Like, that's just not going to happen. You got to fucking do it for yourself. Like, the only only reason anybody knows, the only reason anybody knows who the fuck our band is is because we did it for ourselves. We fucking filmed the concert, posted shit. Like, Mm -hmm. the media landscape is very open. Go back to World's Day. The BBC are streaming in Arena One and they're streaming the Grade One bands. Right. There's nobody streaming any of the other grades because you're not allowed to. There's a message in the program you must not live stream. So, where does that leave any band who's taken part in the competition? We're going to stream ourselves today. No, you're not allowed to. It says in the program you must not stream. The BBC are but the live, only people. But live this. is not the end all be all. Like a live stream is not what you need what you need is just decent audio and video i think you're wrong about that people if, care about in the moment if i if i post nobody goes the only if i post the only the bands you go back and watch like, are the bands that are fucking phenomenal like oh the guys that that um had a particularly good run they have a really great set whatever it is like oh i'm gonna go watch the inverary set where blah 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 or the Kelt set that they did this whatever that's the ones you go back and watch. Nobody goes back and watch the entire worlds after the fact, or it's very rare. Well, and, I'm, and that's not what there's I'm an saying. excitement to the live to the live stream that people are drawn to. What there's I would, absolutely and, and I don't doubt that, but like there's but let's say that that tool is off the table, right? You have to come up with something else. Which tool? Sorry, if the tool of I can't live stream. Okay. My band oh. performing, and don't don't Which make it silly. don't make it be all bands. Make it be I can't live stream my band performing. Let's say that that is the scenario that we are given. Okay. What is the difference between live streaming your band performing and recording it and posting it four hours later, or going to the there, going to the pub and posting it because that's the only place you can get a goddamn beer? Yeah, because you need to at that point have somebody to come out to your band 
when they're going into arena six and they have to get the best position with the best piece of recording equipment to get a decent recording. Well, and they can't do that, and they're not allowed anywhere near it. They don't get special preference. Like, oh, like that's with, my let's put it this way: we did wor- our world's performance with the Breast, right? The only recording you have of that, I think, was whiskey and tartan, whiskey and that tartan, was probably yeah. on a fucking cell phone. Yes, it was. It's not horrible. But she wasn't allowed to stream it, and you don't think people would? I guarantee you. But pe- something fans is... of ours would rather have seen it live versus recorded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact. well, guaranteed. back then we didn't have fans. But like, I would just say that you know well, something the... something is better than nothing, right? Good is better than perfect. So if you have a recording that you can post. That every single member of that fucking band, every single member of that band's family, they're all gonna watch that shit. Listen, absolutely. As well, a as a fan of sports, and Aaron, you may be a sports guy. I don't know if you are, and Josh is not, yeah. and I understand that. But dude, like the, I can't the, consider the myself a sports, sports are guy exciting because the... is because you don't know what's gonna happen, and that's what makes live sports exciting. Versus. Look, I can record the fucking Bears game or whatever, but once you know the ending, it's not that exciting. Some people who are crazy fans will go back and watch it. I would say this is crazy a ge- fans. This is a geographical problem then, because yeah, if it was if it was in so. the states, nobody's gonna post the results for four days anyway. So your wow. video is gonna be, well, maybe your video is gonna be the tits, maybe. But this <laughs> is why I think Rab is right about the trying to push the live stream of every whatever level he can get himself into, and whoever is available at that day is like. For for me, and this is just me, and and I, and I and I know, like I would say, Joe Brady and I talk about this sometimes, where it's like I want to watch this shit as it's happening, because if I go back after the fact, uh, you know what, it's a little bit less priority to me, and then well, I might not watch result. it. I might not watch it because I already know what's going to happen, so I don't really care yeah, to you hear and, it. You and Joe's pillow talk is weird. It's weird, but but I the think of, I mean Andy, you're right because. I mean, I, I support Liverpool Football Club. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, I want to watch Liverpool playing because they're playing in soccer, Liverpool right? or in anywhere else, <laughs> anywhere else across England. Right. I live in Northern Ireland. I can't travel over to those games right. every weekend because physically not, I don't have the money to do it. Sure. You know. So what I do is I pay a wonderful subscription to Rupert Murdoch. Right. And he provides me with televised versions of those games but now i also have to provide money to bt because they also have half of the games sure so i have two subscriptions now now i also have to have an amazon prime subscription because they've got the rights to some of the matches and that's fine if i want to watch the match and as you say it's in the moment i want to watch the match and specifically now with coronavirus the matches are being played behind closed doors the league is still being played but in most games in, in, in England right now, you can't watch, you can't go to can't the game. Go there, yeah. So they have to show them on TV because it's the only time people can see them. But there's a highlights program every Saturday night and every Sunday night of today's games and you watch through it. Correct. So if I know that I haven't had a chance to watch the match, I don't want to know the scores. Correct. And even on the news program that's on before, the, the, the highlights program, they turn around and say, if you don't want to know the scores, look away now. So that then you don't record because you're going to watch match of the day next, and that's grand. And you would just say that 
there's nothing like watching a live match because you're interacting, you're texting friends, going, ha, ah, we're, we're winning. You know, it's Correct. all that. There's a lot of participation. You don't know what went on. Correct. Because if you're watching the highlights, that's great. But once you've watched the highlights of the match, you've watched it. You're not going to go back and watch it, but you've Correct. got the option. Could I, Whereas, could I be devil's if advocate? I, if you think about the day that the, the, the time whenever I was a drum major only and I didn't have a band, I couldn't afford to go to the Worlds that summer. It was too expensive, 2014 or 2015 or whatever. So I didn't go. So I want to catch the action from my house. And all I got to do was watch grade one. And that's great. I wanted to watch it because I wanted to see the grade one medleys and the MSRs for the day. Mm -hmm. But I had no idea what was going on at the drum major arena. I have no way of knowing watching the performances to see the people that I competed with, my friends, how they've done. You're getting a message through such and such dropped. They didn't make the final, you know, and you're waiting for information because there's nothing even being put on the Internet of here's how we are halfway through the day. Here's the results of the drum majors. You don't get any of that. Mm -hmm. You don't know how the grade four B bands have fared. You don't know who's qualified. Correct. Because it's not put up anywhere and you're never going to watch the performance. So all you can find out then is the next day when somebody says, oh, yeah, I've got a recording. I'll WhatsApp it to you. And you're then sticking headphones in to watch a grade four B or a grade three A band playing. You think that was great, but it was somebody holding a shaky phone in a crowd. So all you're hearing is seventy-five people talking shite. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <coughs> shut up. I mean, Rob is totally right when he says it. Who the hell goes to a pipe band contest to be in the front fucking row of Arena One? To then, as soon as the band fucking starts playing, they just say, so what time are you going home later? And you're like, what are you fucking talking about? Shush! And you get all these people standing in the crowd like this, and you think, you look retarded. <laughs> but at the same time, they're trying to block out people talking about useless things. Correct. Because they're in the moment. They want to enjoy the moment and hear the music. They don't want to be distracted Wait, by... Wait, is, is shut the fuck up not a thing in Northern Ireland? <laughs> this episode of the Channerant Podcast is brought to you by McClellan Bagpipes, proudly made in North America by artesian bagpipe maker Roddy McClellan from Eust, Scotland. At McClellan Bagpipes, they don't strive to be the biggest, fastest, or the cheapest. They do, however, meticulously craft a small number of the best-sounding and most beautiful-looking bagpipes in the world since their beginning in 1988. Over the years, McClellan Bagpipes has established a solid reputation for rich, warm, and stable tone created with incredible craftsmanship and instruments of heirloom quality and unparalleled beauty. Head to BespokeBagpipes.com to learn more about their innovations like the new Elevation Chanter, which features a lower-pitched richness inspired by the classic top hand of older chanters and sustainable solutions like the Revelation Bagpipe, a Delrin instrument featuring bores lined with a cellulose polymer sleeve giving you the structural benefits of a Delrin instrument while maintaining a refined wood-like sound. Check out McClellan Bagpipes' diverse line of instruments and learn more about their restoration work on vintage bagpipes by visiting their website at bespokebagpipes.com. McClellan Bagpipes, born in Scotland, made in the USA. We were outside of time at a Tuesday night and everybody was throwing up on the street. But, uh, <laughs> well, we were, we weren't even there. Like we went to the chip shop and we were just like, like walking back, eating our food. We're like, what the fuck is with like, <laughs> they had the angels of the night. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen in, in my life. I, Aaron, what are they called? They call, I'm totally making it up, but angels of the night. These are all these old ladies that would like walk oh, the streets yeah. and make sure the kids didn't die <laughs> from drinking too much. I, I thought that was five. Oh, see you soon. 
Was that not years. was that not cops? No, they weren't cops. Oh, they shit. were volunteers. What do they call Aaron? We we would call that safe zone. So safe they're zone? usually um, volunteers from like um, churches and Correct. community projects stuff. So they all band together and then they get some help from the local council and have the places here and they're there to provide safety and space for people. So if you have a seventeen year old girl who's fallen out of a nightclub because her best mate looked at some fella that she doesn't like and or whatever their little problem may be and she's got herself into a state and all she needs right now is a fag i just need a fag leave me alone those people are there to sort of make sure the girls don't get into trouble and make sure people get home safely and if somebody gets left behind and they're stuck and they've no money and no phone they can go to those people and they'll help them. So all credit to them. I mean, I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't this want is, to stand this there. This is no. what baffles me. What no, baffles me was, about this fucking I situation is like we're we're out after practice. It's like 9 p.m. local, I think, like getting getting some chips and curry and whatever. And we not at the place, not at the place where the fucking nightclub busing was happening. It was like next door. Dude, we were walking down the street and my first fucking thought was like, I thought someone gassed the building. <laughs> Why? What like I, because there's there's fucking sixty two kids puking, crying <laughs> on the street, sitting down, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, like, did someone just fucking? Was there fucking attack? Like, what the fuck happened here? No, they bust them in from other areas. I didn't, I didn't realize. They bust I them didn't, in the time was, at Cookstown for. It was just a bunch of cunts who couldn't drink. But I'm I'm sitting there like we're walking, like eating our food while we're walking. I'm like, like what the fuck? Like, is there fucking Anytime I see 70 fucking people lined up in a row against a wall with, like, random people in high-vis vests going to check on them, I'm like, uh, was there a fucking gas attack that I didn't know about? Or mass roofie? But that or... used to be half the fun. That used to be half the fun. Specifically, if you were sober, you could down and watch it. It was like, it was like a live soap opera. Oh, it was fascinating. Sure. You're sort of sitting from a distance, watch, going, oh, she's having a fight with her. Oh, oh, oh she's yeah. pulling the hair. I oh, saw look, a, she's dying. I oh, saw they're six, six Siobhan's uh, broke up with seven Pauls. I don't... I, <laughs> everybody was the same fucking name, and I couldn't understand what they it were was, saying. It was fascinating. It really was fun to watch. Uh, and we're it, just sitting there, like, shoveling fucking fries into our mouth, like, oh, what the fuck is happening here? But what's interesting was the, the angels in their vests. The I forget what they call themselves. They had a name, and, and I'll forget it, but... Yeah, I like, thought I that was... I thought that bunch of old ladies in their like high vis vests like very shiny stuff like hey if you have an issue come to me and we'll make sure you get home we'll make sure nobody fucking rapes you whatever the fuck i don't know what their I'm job is have a winnebago or something or a van car <laughs> go and get a cup of hot chocolate that's yeah. really really watered down crap but it, it's always kind of good one thing that i always used to remember whenever i was a lot more younger and a lot more foolish coming out of a nightclub of an evening a wee bit worse for wear. Never paralytic. Never, never that I didn't know my own name. But you would wander upon the 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 street angels, as you call them. We call them safe zone. And you would be getting your cup of hot chocolate. But then they'd start to talk to me about God. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. and have you ever thought that it's maybe time? You know, and that we have a chat, and that's fine. I, I'm totally about them spreading the message. But I used to then get into a conversation, you know, it's Aaron McElwain, of course there's going to be a conversation back, I can't let it go. <laughs> and then I'd be like, so you've told me that Jesus is coming? Yes. But you haven't given me the date and I need to put it into my diary because I need to get the house tidied for it. <laughs> 
you, you told me, you told me, you feel like you're being very rude to them, and then you sort of catch yourself on and think, I no, that's not on. I mean, I'm not saying that it was, I was young and stupid. That's what I got up to. But as well as that, you sort of then get into some sort of theological debate on on rights of the Bible and things like that. And Northern Ireland's very much a you know religiously dominated culture. We like to put religion into everything. It's one thing that we just love to do. Oh, it's politics. Let's put some religion in. Oh, it's history. Let's put some religion in. Oh, it's pipe bands. Quickly, let's put some religion in. And we have been very strict in pipe bands that we don't let it creep in. It does not happen in pipe bands. I just like how they they told you Jesus is coming and nobody asked, like, inside or just on the face? (laughs) Is it coming on my tits? I think (laughs) if we'd said that to one of the older ladies in the Street Angels, she probably would have just left us. Um, she probably would have been meeting Jesus very quickly after that because she probably would have been so shocked. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, even now, I mean, yeah, okay, yes, I'm maybe 34 now, but I was in Belfast in the summertime. God, when you're, you're only four early... years older than me. What happened to you, man? I know. It was a hard paper round. Hard paper round. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I was in Belfast in the summertime. Um, just up for a bit of shopping because coronavirus was still very much about but our government thought hey rates are low everybody go out and party <laughs> <laughs> you know that what's the best thing to do to get out of a pandemic pretend it never existed and everybody go out and spend as much money and literally go and have as many nights out as you can and spend as much money um so we were in belfast and there was this um group of people <laughs> given <laughs> given a sermon about how we were all going to go to hell if we didn't, you know, it was one of the holy rollers standing there, you know, and you must repent and this and this is, was going on and I'm sort of just ignoring it. But then I couldn't help but notice there was this bunch of about fifteen to twenty young people, sort of about age fourteen to eighteen, dressed with rainbow flags around them, bouncing around in front of them and shouting things back at them. And it was like, you know, God loves us. He doesn't love you. And it was just like this battle. And then it was just, it was like, this is still going on. This is the middle of the daytime. And of course I was down there. And when I was down watching this, this guy comes up to his. I still have an appointment at Specsavers. I got to deal with this. (laughs) Wanted to give me this little pamphlet to tell me all about the church and the message. And I just said, no, I don't want that. He says, well, would you take it anyway? I was like, no, I'm, I really can't. I can't take it. And he says, can I ask you why? And I went, oh, there's a door opened. I'll walk through it. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Still, And that guy could not get away from me quick enough. He was just like, yeah, I picked the wrong person to have a conversation with about Jesus today. <laughs> <laughs> um, my biggest thing is, is that I respect everybody. And I, I really do. I just don't care. People have their views. I don't get it. Somebody, I don't, I don't care if somebody believes in something that I don't. I just go, that's great. I don't, I don't care. You do what you want, but allow me to do what I want. So don't, don't turn it around and say that I'm wrong. Whenever I'm saying I think you're wrong, but I'm letting you get on with it. Right. You might think I'm wrong. Let me get on with it. Right. So that brings us into our news and updates. I <laughs> <laughs> oh. no, just get I'm fucking with you guys. Um, I, I got I to gotta get to this email because I think that that's probably going to dominate some conversation. The rest of the stuff is not time sensitive, so we can do it on a later episode. But uh, Aaron writes, lads, 
If the virus ever ends and we have a pipe band season, do you think with the current fuckery in the U.S., bands from overseas will want to come and compete here in the U.S.? Cheers. One of the six. I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me. I don't know what he's referring to with fuckery in the U.S. Uh, I I believe I believe he's attempt he's talking about an attempted insurrection. Why would that have anything to do with pipe bands? I don't think it would have anything to do with pipe bands, but I would think that the only thing I could think of that would potentially fuck with pipe band travel season would be uh, that was just, COVID shit. Right, he's traveling anywhere. Yeah, like I think it's going to be COVID <laughs> shit. I don't think because I mean we're still people. What what people have to realize is. There are tighter restrictions on Americans going overseas because of COVID than people coming in. But also, in what world do other bands travel to the fucking U.S. to compete? Like, we really don't get a lot of stuff. Yeah, why would this make it any different? We get nothing. Nobody comes here to compete. I would say I would say the current fuckery just exacerbates something that is already horrible, which is Makes old bands traveling here. Versus way less, way less likely. Here, here, here's what I would say. Uh, there, there's a lot of concern over like, why don't we have higher level contests in the States? Why don't we have uh, higher level bands travel to the States all the time? The thing you got to keep in mind is there's a built in system of, hey, let's make everyone come to us in the UK. And that's not like a dig. I mean, I think it's a great, you know, good for them that they figure out how to fuck the rest of the world when it comes to piping. But it's like, yeah, there's there's a thing where it's like, hey, let's make everyone come to us first, and that's how we, you know, kind of manage who's best, who's worst. Yeah, but nobody's making you come. That's true, but... But when you call it the World Pipe Band Championships and it's in fucking Glasgow every year, there's yeah, but, there's I mean, a certain there's yeah, a certain geographical the bias thing. there. I'm not saying that I disagree with you, and I'm not saying um, anything bad here. But nobody's forcing American bands or Australian bands or anything to come to compete in the Royal Scottish Pipe Band Association's World Pipe Band Championships. If America has the Western United States pipe on it. You have a North American conglomerate, I think. Don't There's you all, use all? No, no, like, are, it's, it's a lot of disparate parts that don't communicate yeah, well. Do they but, not all come together under one North American federation in some way? There is. No, there is. There's there, an Anapapa, but that does absolutely nothing. There's but even no, if it did, but, you know... What's stopping the Western United States Pipe Band Association saying we're going to hold a world championships and everybody's welcome? I think, uh, I think, well, history because understanding no, of geography, care. nobody's going to care. Like, if the Wuspaba held, held worlds and the three, ser- three service bands from Arizona and us would show up, <laughs> and, the, and the groups from you know, you I'm guys not, held the worlds. It's, it's like, it's just, I'm not against, I'm not against them holding a championship. What I'm against is the nomenclature. So, you can hold a championship, just don't call it the fucking worlds when it's but not it, when it, it's, it's not his, representative. It's historical because it was from a position in A lot in, of things are fucking historical that were shit. But here's my point. You're not going to be able to change that and whether or not that's right or wrong. The way that the RSPBA is designed now is that it's designed in such a way that it can't be unseated as the the global 
governance of pipe bands. That is in their constitution, and whether or not people have agreed with that, they have. Nobody has challenged it. Challenge accepted. Okay, so you're going to take a challenge on. So you know, I am quite happy to be a member of the RSPBA because the RSPBA to me is the association of pipe bands within the United Kingdom, and it's as their main the main point that I've ever read in in the constitution in the articles of the association as they're called is to be a bonding and fellowship of pipe bands. That's what we are because we're one pipe band. There's multiple pipe bands around us. We're all in a fellowship together, all doing the same thing. So we have that bond. We have that cooperation. If any band secretary writes to me and says, I need you to do me a release form for one of your players that's coming to us, there's there's no issues. It's cooperation. It's bonding. So I, what I, I'm saying is, I, I is that no if problem you're with not cooperation, with the I... nomenclature, if you're not happy with that, then you well again I'm I'm on the fence on this because I argue that it you know we can't have an AGM in the United Kingdom that decides the format of the worlds that includes all the international associations when none of them have had a vote on how this runs. That's that's, that's where we get into the weeds. Yeah, that's that's you the can't thing that frustrates. Seven hundred fifteen bands, seven hundred fifteen bands on the books that are all entitled to pay their fee and come and play but actually only allow 450 of them to have a vote for change. That That is an issue, but that's something that needs to be worked at and looked at in the future. But it can only work with everybody coming up with an idea. They have to push the idea. So, and you're going to get pushback because there's people who are going to respond that don't agree with that. And they're wanting to protect the entity that sits. But from my point of view, I mean, I'm, I'm a sitting in Northern Ireland. I know dick all about bands in the USA. I know, I know very little. We never see it. We never hear about it. You know, it's it's important, I think, to try and get a more worldwide approach. But how do you change that? How do you do it? You know, I remember reading an article a few years ago that somebody had posted or an opinion, which was that the RSPBA becomes the United Kingdom's association as it is. The IPBA, used, you know, the the different ones in the US, the Canadian ones, the Australian, New Zealand, whatever. But everybody is equal and everybody then forms a board above that that becomes the World Federation of the Pipe Band Associations. And then it, because here's the big thing, the world exists because Glasgow City Council funds it. That That's it in a nutshell. It's put on because that. So I don't know if Las but the, Vegas, but the world's the world's Las Vegas Municipal Council <laughs> wants to now put in five times that. Well, I would also chime in with the world's exists because Glasgow City Council funds it for as long as it can. I mean, we talk about we talk about this now, where all these city councils not. I mean, it's easy to do a big one, but like the smaller city councils are having trouble with being able to fund an event. Because the event relies on them to do that. We do our event completely independent. We pay the city to use the park. Like yeah. they, they don't fund our event. We we pay for the time, energy, and space that we use. But that's more from a point of view then that it's not that you It has to become but but to but it's get nearly like that nearly sounds as if you're jealous. No, it's not even that. I, my, my model, in my opinion, my model can sustain time and I don't think theirs can. 
I think my model well, of yeah, that's something to be said. That that could be a thing. You know, is there is there a time limit on how long the world the the, the pipe band pipe band movement can carry on in its current like, form? Like you know, for us, how long the thing the, the 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 model that we've developed in the states that I think needs to have a fucking look at it is all of these events. And not even like not even like Vegas stuff, like the fucking Arizona events too, that are self sustaining events without relying on a vote of approval from a ever changing city council or any of that kind of stuff. Like that's that's gotta be what you move towards. You can't be beholden Absolutely. you can't be beholden to those people because that what fucking that fucking agenda changes with. every every two years for us. But but we have a big problem in that it's in the rules that when a band becomes a member of the RSPBA, there's rules that they have to uphold. And that's okay and whether, too. Whether we like the rules or not. Yeah. We but... have to do what we have. And the only way to do that is to push through um, a motion to change that and get the support. And whether or not you, you say that it's geared in such a way that that can never happen. Well, maybe it is, but you know, if you're, if we're not happy with something, we need to change it and we need well, to I'd push. Say the move... I, I have to commend they commend the fact that for the first time this year, you had a big step from the music and grading regrading board to actually hold uh, some symposium with all the grade one pipe majors and leading drummers from all the bands, irrespective of whether or not they were RSPBA registered bands or or whoever, because there's valid points that needed to come from all different parts, and that was great to see that that was happening that's that's the first time in so many years the actually see headquarters you know the board of directors or or you know the top parts of the rspba organization engaging with the actual bands that was great to see and fair play to them the problem is nobody else was allowed to hear about it <laughs> well the problem so, the, the, the big thing so for how, me is how does is anybody else run into of the argument how do we know how how do us three people sitting here now how does how does big rab how does andy shilliday how does anybody in any band know what way things are going to move forward if we can't actually see what's going on you know our government has a cabinet minute a cabinet meeting we don't know what they're talking about but there is minutes of it but when they debate stuff it's in the house of commons and everybody can tune in to bbc parliament and watch it so you can see what way the arguments are going and you can actually then be more informed of who you support and whatever in the same sense that I'm sure in America you can probably watch Congress sitting to be in baby you can yeah absolutely yeah so you can then be more well informed of yeah I totally agree with what the Republican senators are saying whereas no I'm more of a Democrat because actually that's what they say and I think that people can change you know I could say to myself that I am a conservative voter but then when i watch debate and i say well actually i agree with labor on this the opposing side but at least i can see where everything and i can see all the ideas but everything seems to be done in secrecy so it's very hard for anybody to actually know how to move forward how can we move forward as an organization if everybody's kept out and nobody's allowed to have a conversation and if you do have a conversation you have to be careful what what you say because somebody mightn't agree with that and think oh that's too radical and they could be on a good thing and they could get people to support this and everybody will want this. And all of a sudden, 
you know, this could change the whole way of doing it. And we like the way it is. So the better say nothing, because if they don't, then we're going to get at them in some other way. And we all know that that's like the underlying threat. And it's not fair, but it has to be done in the right forum. You know, I've in the past, you know, at, at the AGM in Northern Ireland, I've asked questions. I've, all I've done is ask questions. Haven't always got the answers to them. I've expedited them a year later. I'm still waiting for a response. Can I propose a simple solution potentially to a very complicated problem? Go for it. What if the Royal Scottish Pipe Band Associated Association stopped pretending it was the World Pipe Band Association? Because for for three reasons. One, just because you hold the worlds doesn't mean you can represent the world. And that's not that's not a geographical problem. It's an infrastructure problem. The second point there being you don't have enough fucking people to do the tasks that you are bringing upon yourself by saying that, hey, everyone's got to follow our model. We're the fucking world, world pipe band association by de facto because we were first. Like, they could focus on what they do at home and have those things they do at home be successful instead of spreading them instead of kind of creating this scenario where you have disenfranchised 97% of the landmass of the fucking globe the landmass is not number of bands there's a difference that's and that's okay but there's take a, care of your bands dude the the significant number of bands if is it was in the, the UK, if the if the no worlds doubt. if the world pipe band championships were the UK pipe band championships what would change 300 bands wouldn't attend that would normally go you have you have city councils who are already stretched too thin who especially during a pandemic can't can't fund the money fucking focus local and stop trying to pretend to stop trying to be the end all be all for everyone what is what is why would they do that it doesn't benefit them to to go the longevity would be the only reason the the, the reason to do it would be to sustain a pipe band community where they are. The reason not to do it would be to, because you are kind of obsessed with being able to kind of dip your finger in every fucking pot. Yeah, but they win no matter what. Like they, not really. They, they, by calling themselves the worlds, they win. There's no motivation for them not to do it. Other than to make the rest of us happy that they don't care about. They don't care but about what the U S thing. thinks. It's the world pipe band championships. And if the bands outside the UK are that in sense and say it's not right, why do they keep getting on planes every year and coming back? Correct. Well, that's the whole point because, because you don't like the it. marketing is that don't good. Don't exactly, Send but they do it anyway. And, 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 <laughs> I'm hosting. I'm hosting the World Pipe Band Championships in 2023 here. Like done, easy. Yeah. Okay. Good luck. Let's Phillip, see what happens. Philip J. Worlds. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But what's going to well, actually I mean, happen? And what's the problem? I mean, if you go and get. If you go as an organization now and you get the money together to host the worlds and you can offer more than what Glasgow City Council is offering to the board of directors in, in the RSPB headquarters, then go to them and say, see what they're giving you? We'll give you double that, but we're going to host it. You're going to come over here and we're going to be the we're going to be the winning bit in the same way that FIFA organizes a World Cup. 
Correct. I mean, the next World Cup's in what? Qatar or something like that? <laughs> exactly. I mean, who's got the money? You know, but they Where's had the, the money? money or they had the most successful bid. They won it. Right. The Olympics just like is going to be held. Yeah. The Olympics is going to be held somewhere different because it's the winning bid and it moves around because it's a worldwide thing. So the only way to change it is to turn around. I mean, put it like this. It's staying in Glasgow at the moment because I don't see Belfast City Council in Northern Ireland going, you know, they gave you 400,000 last year for that event. Yeah, we, we can't afford that. So, you know, that's fine. If you wanted that much, go bid for it and win it. I don't think that the RSPBA headquarters would turn down if somebody turned around and said, see what you're getting for that? We're going to give you double, but you put it in ours. You know, if if, if the city of Inverness decided to give them double. But you're convinced, you, you're convinced you have to buy the product from them, which I don't understand. But who else can you buy it from? There's it nobody else. There's nobody competing. It doesn't competing. fucking matter. Like, within, within another year when nobody has any goddamn money to travel or do anything... What are you gonna so what have? you're saying is that because yeah. they have the monopoly on it, yeah. Like, what are you gonna what are you gonna have when they are even more bankrupt than they are now? But then again, I would then argue and say, but if if you don't want to get involved, then don't come and send them. As I mean, vote with your feet. Correct. We're vote. not coming. The dollar vote, man. That's everything. And I think that is going to become more and more um, prominent over the next. I mean, if we carry on as we are now, I think within two decades. We're going to see a big difference. I think it's. I think it's six months. They can't keep the doors open. I mean, they're already soliciting bans for dues, which will not even come close to covering operating costs. But then again, we won't know that because we'll only know that when the accounts come out. Because the RSPBA, at the moment, is a bonding and fellowship of pipe bands, and is a an organization, club organization, constituted with all its membership, but it is also a limited company as well as also being a charity. And I think that's where our problem is, is that there's three things to satisfy there. You have to satisfy that you're a membership-driven club, but you also have to be a limited company that's a business, and you also have to be a charity. And it's a very, very, very hard balancing act to put those things together. And I'm not saying that that the way we are is wrong, I'm not saying that there's anything, you know, I'm not I'm not accusing that there's anything wrong with the way it's being done. What I'm saying is that it, people maybe need to be open to change now and people fear change. Well, you can Bam, be you can change. you can do everything right and still not be sustainable and then have to change. Like that's just how it is. Absolutely. I think we have to diversify. The first, you know, think the first fucking fish didn't have legs, kids. Like you have to fucking do something different. 20 years ago the RSPBA was on its knees. As an organization, I think it was in the minus, and they radically overhauled it. They needed to change. I wasn't around fans at that point. <laughs> so but now I'm here. it's. I mean, every time I raise it. Now it's on all fours, just getting hit from both sides. <laughs> but I wasn't there, so it's getting <laughs> it's the devil's triangle ever, right now. Yeah, it's, it's getting the old. Now it's getting the old Eiffel Tower. <laughs> <laughs> but every time I was like, I brought up issues you know when we've been at meetings and discussing it people say but 20 years ago the association was in a bad way and we've spent 20 years to make it better and that's great but 20 years of that process have now ended and i don't i don't know how we're any further on i i don't know coming into it if we're any further on because what what have we done in 20 years 
what what has changed Nothing. around the, the association in 20 years it's other the than human centipede of fucking organizations man you're either getting your mouth shit in or you're shitting into somebody else's mouth but then the whole ethos of the organization is lost which is a bonding and fellowship of pipe bands why is that message now disappeared and it's become a business right and it's all geared about who gives the most money and that's not what it's supposed to be about. I know money drives everything. I mean, the world is based on money and sex. That's basically it. Those two things. And, the <laughs> and there's definitely no sex in the RSPB. <laughs> definitely not. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, Except in I the hot tub, let me tell you. Those, those, those hot job. tub parties are mostly wrinkly old men giving each other foot jobs. Uh, hey, man. An orgasm is an orgasm. And you're saying that because you're saying that and it's, it's satire and it's comical and whatever. People need to grow a thick skin and just move on. You know, if somebody turned around tomorrow and if I turned on Chant Around Podcast and they were basically slating the crap out of Klaus Kelt and it was all being done in jest, then you laugh at it and you move on. You don't make a big deal out of it. But if it's something wrong where somebody is really doing something to somebody that's just not right, yeah, that has to be looked at. But it nearly seems sometimes like a knee-jerk reaction. We've been doing it this way, and now all of a sudden this sort of thing has come up, so we now need to react quickly, and there's 15 board members here, so let's all quickly do something and make it look like we're doing some of the best thing in the world because we have to do this. And it's never thought out because nobody else got a look in and things like that, and it just gets to the point where it's like we're just going to go around in circles until we go around in circles so much that there's no circle left. Right. Because we're not even going to have circles from now on because apparently now we have to do everything in an arc and have <laughs> drums, people standing on bloody stages. And, you know, what is a pipe band contest to me? A pipe band contest to me is a bunch of like minded people all standing in a circle playing to each other and user on the outside listening to it. That That's a pipe band to me. It's what I've been brought up with no one so i don't want to stand on a stage i don't want to be that bass drummer standing on a stage in the middle of arena one this year beating my bass drum so to to this panel of people like the x factor or american idol you know just sitting there you know <laughs> no the mass singer buzzer. or dancer or drummer or whatever there is now you know, everybody's masked for some reason somebody goes on and there's an early chanter and all of a sudden <laughs> and the band just limps off the gong show that would be amazing Give them the gong show back for pipe and contest. There's there's a lot of criticism <laughs> aimed at there's a lot of criticism aimed at the members of the association that are officials. There's a lot of criticism aimed at them. Those criticisms, whilst they might be true or might be, you know, just the fact of the matter is is that people have to start learning to talk to each other about it. We need to be able to have an opinion and affect change and yeah okay what i think as a member and what my band thinks we put our hands and this is what we think would be the best way of doing something and another band says no we don't agree with it i mean i am totally totally against concert formation but i know there are other bands out there who think yeah that's going to be a good and here's the reasons why the fact of the matter is that up until this year we weren't even allowed to hear the reasons for or against because nobody was allowed to talk about anything right yeah well, this, is, this is actually to be moving to the point where people are allowed to have a conversation about it. This and is an talk. incredible opportunity to segue because we do we, we've been going for a couple hours. We, we do have to finish. So but the, the thought the thought that you're on right now, we really, I think, should be the final thought of the show. <laughs> this is like Jerry Springer. 
It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what this is like. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, so, are you ready? Are you ready to deliver your final thought? My final thought. Yes, absolutely. And, and okay, because I think that the the train you're going down, I think, is fucking. Everyone needs to fucking hear this. Send it. <laughs> we need no to direction. diversify. We need to diversify. We need to have open, transparent dialogue. We need all pipe bands to be engaged. And if they're not at the moment, if they're disenfranchised, then we need to try and bring them into the fold, not just ignore them. And then we also have to be open to change everybody. And that has to be from the top right down to the bottom. And not everybody's going to like it. Not everybody's going to get what they want. But we can't just keep going the way we're going because I just don't see it getting any better for people. And I want to be in a position, I mean, if I put it like this, I will say one thing. The world is not moving from Glasgow because I don't want it to. I come from Northern Ireland, but it has to be in Glasgow for me. That is that is the pinnacle of it because I just know apparently if Belfast hosted it, it would be a shambles. <laughs> I knew that. You know, because you not can't even, even not even if they did it right outside White's Tavern. Well, the biggest problem as well is that the rest of the United Kingdom probably won't even be allowed to come to it because <laughs> Brexit happened, and for some strange reason, Northern Ireland, which is one, you know, one of the four nations of the UK, now isn't actually part of the United Kingdom because there's a big massive border down the Irish Sea, which apparently isn't there, and as we says, we're imagining it, and I'm sitting thinking. But it, but it is because you've you've actually put it there and said if you want to send stuff from Scotland to Northern Ireland, you have to put it through customs. But if you want to send it from Northern Ireland to the Republic of Ireland, you don't have to do customs. So, you know, it's like what's going on. So yeah, the the world staying Glasgow. So shipping shipping difficulties aside, uh, you think there needs to be change. The world has to stay in Glasgow, and everybody has to be open to change and everybody has to be open to hearing everybody's point of view that's what i would say that's a fantastic point skill final thoughts my final thoughts are these aaron don't you think it was easier back in the day when you when you were just a squeezer of boxes i think it was easier in the day whenever i was just somebody that went and played music yeah exactly i think it would be better if i was in a position now to just go and bang a drum but there's so many other things that has to be sorted out <laughs> should we start um, should we start the world's only accordion band podcast like accordion like worlds it's podcast. a member-led organization <laughs> and some people seem to have forgotten that because if the member bands just don't go to anything or don't have the opportunity to have a meeting well then it doesn't become a member-led organization it just becomes a group of 10 15 people that just tell us what to do right and we get on with it that's not what that's not the RSPBA that I know. That's not. Um, I'm sure that's not what was intended, but it's certainly what it is, to a certain you extent. You may that that there must be this perception that that is the way things are. So, how's the best way to change that? Well, yeah, that, that, that leads into your into your kind of final thoughts. Is what what do you think needs to be done? Should be done? Current state. Let's go. Jeez, uh, I I well, like Aaron says, people need to participate more or completely flip the fucking table and start over. But I, I'm more of a flip the table type and I don't think the current system is set up 
in a way that will allow it to be changed. I think there's too many, too much inbreeding, and too, if you will, too many people that are in power that won't allow for, for it. For those to of you flip. who are uh, new listeners, Fusco did a lot of farm stuff. That's what he means by inbreeding. <laughs> a lot of farming in my past. But uh, I, I think you got to like completely go outside of what and i think the obviously we've talked about this many times is the the uh the pandemic has allowed us to see that we don't need the associations to continue and i in my opinion we go with go with that um or start over or find now i'm not of the illusion that like starting over means like people are going to suddenly start participating because why would they not participate in rspba but they will in the world new association that Joe Brady wants to start. <laughs> like, why would we uh, pretend that people are going to participate in that other than, you know, how is, how is the new God any better than the old? God? Correct. It's, I mean, it might just be the same nonsense all over again, but, um, but I, I think the old God is so, is too, it's too, it's, it's it's too intertwined with itself that it will never be able to be pulled apart. So you got to start over, in my opinion. It's the it's the Ouroboros. It's yes, just, <laughs> it's, it's eating its own tail. Head is up its, it's head is up its own ass. What's yeah, What's the difference? Because an Ouroboros <laughs> is eating its own tail. tail. What what do you call it when the ass is eating the head? The Boroboros. <laughs> the Boroboros. <laughs> I don't know.